Welcome back to The Citadel, Episode 5, Beyond the Wall. This is Mike Palmer here, uh, representing for the standard Citadel crew, uh, Brandon Jones and Dan Strafford, neither of whom could attend today's uh, show record. So I am joined by a special guest on The Citadel today, uh, Robin Naughton. Welcome, Robin. Hi. Welcome. Thank you, Mike. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Robin uh, holds the uh, esteemed position of being my viewing partner slash binge buddy. Yes. Yeah, and we've had many uh, many a paired viewing of many an entertainment uh, show, and uh, we've both binged and partnered in our <laughs> in our viewing, right? Yes, yeah, we yeah, have. yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, so welcome Robin and uh, Brandon and Dan both send their best. Uh, I think Brandon likened himself to Sam beyond the wall on this show, I think indicating that he's a little bit out of his element. So hopefully that means he's enjoying his vacation. Dan is enjoying the, the last week of his paternity leave with his new addition in his, uh, in his family at home. And then we're here to break down beyond the wall, episode six of season seven yeah you can say it out loud season seven, seven. Yeah, yeah that's right and uh and we have one more episode left in this run before we'll we'll get a, a long time to do some analysis and think about what's coming next in the final six episodes which will air in 2018 so, so yeah, so where do you want to start, Robin? I mean, I think uh, we, uh, we have some ideas about uh, the episode Beyond the Wall, uh, and uh, we could also talk a little bit about our viewing history together. But, but since this is a, a Game of Thrones uh, podcast, it's time for us to maybe dig in a little bit on Beyond the Wall. So uh, what's your general impression of Beyond the Wall? What would you think about this episode? Um. For this episode, I, I thought it, I thought it was good. Um, a lot of things happen um, at this point. Now we've gotten to the, the war with the White Walkers, right? So it was really great to see that um, coming together, mm -hmm. um, and just getting a sense of the entertainment value mm -hmm. and you know what the what, what what's happening and who. You know where where are we going from here? Right, um, a lot of things in motion, right? And then uh, if you think about it, scoring wise, so I've scored previous shows, and I've been I've been uh, called out a little bit on my I'm giving everything like a seven or an eight, so that's not it's not necessarily a hot enough take for our listeners. So I think instead I would split my scoring, which also may be uh, a bit of a hedge, but I would split my scoring of Beyond the Wall into two scores: one for entertainment value. And then one for plausibility, realism, etc. And I would say for this particular show, I would give the entertainment value an eight. Okay. And I would give the the realism plausibility like a two. Wow. Yeah. That's low. Yeah. So you average those two out, this show gets a five. But for those of us who are noobs. I am definitely a noob. We're noobs. We yeah, didn't yeah. read we didn't read none of these books. None of that fancy <laughs> book learning. <laughs> That's for Brandon and Sam in the Citadel. We're just on the Citadel as noobs who've only seen the show. And, uh, and I think for, for me, the entertainment value is more why I'm watching it at this point. Yeah. So I would, uh, 
I would give this this episode a six. I'll give okay. it a six. What do you think? Um, I think, you know, I'm with you in terms of the entertainment value. It was very entertaining. Lots of good special effects and yep. lots of drawing the um, audience in you to got, the story. You got the first um, time we've seen the dragons and the white walkers head to head. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. And by the way, you've been spoiled. <laughs> uh, and that was also a spoiler alert. So we're going to go into this in some more depth in a bit. But but anyway, what were your what are your general thoughts? Yeah, and I think you know some. I don't know if I'll give him a two for realistic. You know, maybe give him maybe a three on uh -huh, that. Uh -huh. And so yeah, I might come out to about a six or so, or five, five and a half for, okay, so for we're... the show. So it's kind of in between. I think entertainment is really good. Yeah. And I, I think the real uh, there's a lot of scenes where you're like, really? Yeah. Did that happen? Do we do we believe that no one will stand there um, and see the... John? John come, you know, are we spoiling? No, no, we spoil all we like. Okay. You're, you're comfortable. You're among <laughs> friends. They're expecting us to spoil them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so like even in the previous episode where um Jamie went into the water yeah. and then, you know, no one stuck around to see him come back. Yeah, you know, so I think something I think people up. in Westeros don't know how to swim so well. Okay. So I think when a hero goes underwater, everyone's just like, Cool, that guy's dead. Let's yeah. move on. Let's get on about our day. So yeah, it happened exactly. with Jamie and Braun in uh Spoils of War heading into Eastwatch. Right. We talked about that as a place where I don't know how realistic that was. They probably would have just waited to see whether they really died uh, and then otherwise kill them when they come back up for air. Right. We saw the same thing happen in uh, Beyond the Wall where John goes underwater and uh, the White Walkers and the Night King are like, oh, cool, he's underwater. Let's move on about our, our merry way as yeah. opposed to where else are they going to go? They should They should just be waiting there for him to come up and then they just smoke him. I mean, that... That, again, I gave it a two for realism, but I enjoyed the entertainment value. Um, what do you think about the uh, the whole thin ice and the siege on the thin ice where, like, uh, they're in the middle of the lake. Yeah. Uh, the ice around them is is melting and breaking. There's a couple of uh, unfortunate zombies who, who brave it first. But, mm -hmm. but what the heck? You're dead, right? What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, and you're, you're going to come back. Yeah. It's not, it's not like... The zombies die and disappear completely all the time. I right. think they're going to come back. So it was a little weird, that whole situation, because it took a little while for anything to happen as they wait for the ice to freeze. Yeah. And then, you know, you get this this situation where the hound just starts throwing things at them, which right. is kind of an interesting take on it. Yeah. But overall, with the thin ice piece, you know, like, where are you going and what's going to happen here? Right. I mean, zombies, theoretically, would have just attacked. So the waiting was kind of... Yeah, although they seem to be somewhat obedient. And yeah, I think the Night are. King was probably like, uh, hold on, hold on, it's going to get cold, and then we're going to get him. Little did he know, like me as the Gendry in this episode, who uh, is sending a message, a beacon off to our listeners, Yes, Gendry in this show was able to send a message to Danny, mm -hmm. who uh, with ultra-fast ravens, Yes. Who could zip on down to Dragonstone. Rather quicker than before. Quicker than before, but hey, suspension of disbelief, again, too unrealism for me. So uh, anyhow, the dragons eventually come just, just in the nick of time for the majority of them, but then Night King, 
who's sort of running the show mm-hmm. on the dark side is is sharpening his his ice javelins and is ready to bring bring the pain so so Danny and team are trying to hightail it out of there yeah but meanwhile again spoiler alert uh, soon you will be spoilt uh, Viserion yes right like a num- not number one Drogon right. Drogon the dragon Viserion the dragon uh, was an unfortunate uh, casualty in this episode yes. Yeah. Um, the Night King aimed and he got, he hit Viserion straight on. Yeah, better. Brought him down. Better than Braun. So yes, I was saying if, if there were saber metrics for Game of Thrones, Braun was, was performing better than expected for Braun. Absolutely. But the Night King, he's kind of like the LeBron James of Game of Thrones, and you expect him to nail this big shot, and sadly he did. Yeah. I mean, he almost nailed Drogon as well, right. but you know they got away just in time for that. Yeah, and, you know that was a miss, which was good. Yeah, but then now Viserion is down. Down. You know, go, goes into the water. Goes, goes into the water. the water. Right, you know? and and uh, again underwater, yeah. you think he's dead? Uh uh-uh. uh he's coming back later. So, couple quick points here, Robin. I just want to get your take on this. We talked a little bit about jumping the shark. So just for those of you who don't remember Jumping the Shark, uh, it's generally when a TV show goes beyond plausibility and enters into a danger zone. It enters into like a not-as-watchable zone. And it comes from Happy Days in uh, the 80s, the Ron Howard, uh, Henry Winkler vehicle from back in the day where Fonzie uh, eventually jumps a shark. And it begins where Fonzie on his motorcycle jumps Arnold's chicken stand. Right, which works out. Still works. And like yeah. like no one says you jump the chicken stand. Right. They say you jump the shark. But like that show, which was a bit trumped up, got uh, really killer ratings to the point where ABC at the time had to one-up themselves. And they were like, hmm, Fonzie already jumped the chicken stand. What if I told you Fonzie could jump a shark tank on water skis and they were like oh my god that's amazing that's never been done before we're gonna get a killer rating and maybe they even did but in retrospect we're like y'all jumped the shark and hot take is although it's more like a warm take for me i feel like last couple episodes game of thrones has jumped the chicken stand Mm -hmm. and i feel like they're they're kind of throwing some chum in the the shark tank right now to warm up the sharks for a subsequent episode. I'm hoping they don't jump the shark in episode seven, because then we got like a year to think about what the heck are they doing? What are your thoughts on jumping the shark and whether Game of Thrones has jumped the shark? So I think you know certainly I'm with you with the jump the chicken stand yes. piece of it because yeah. I, I do think there's a lot of things happening a lot faster yeah. in this season and. You know, there's a lot of big, um, you know, the the battles and so on and so forth. But my hope is that they they haven't jumped the shark yet. Yes. And that and maybe, you know we've got there's a lot of loose ends to tie up and sure. a lot of um, storylines that they can continue to go into. Yep. And so next episode, I I I think they may not jump the shark. You're hope, we're hoping uh, they never jump the shark. Yeah. We're exactly. hoping if they jump the shark, it's after season seven, 
when the fan fiction spinoffs began. This is my whole, like, you know, the Night King in a buddy comedy with Braun. That would be interesting. That'd be fun fan fiction. Uh, we'd have to figure out how to do it. That would be post-Jumping the Shark. Yes. Haven't quite done it, but, but we're getting a little edgy. And we're noobs. Yeah. Not to mention the people who've read the books who are like, GRR would never have gone this way. Grr. He'd be, <laughs> GRR would be angry. So, uh, so anyway, uh, what else we got? We got uh, uh, Jumping the Shark, The Raiding Party. Uh, I do feel, as a blue-eyed gentleman, uh, I do feel there's a little bit of an anti-blue-eyed bias, although at least the blue-eyed folks are badasses. So there's a lot of stuff that first, the polar, bla- polar, the polar bear. bear. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that was a fascinating piece there. Because yeah. when the polar bear came out, you're like, oh, okay. And it took a little while, but the polar bear was kind of like a foreshadowing piece, too. Yes. To see that, oh, okay, they, not only do they reanimate humans, they also reanimate animals. Correct. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, spoiler alert there. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, that's good to know and right. good to see. The polar bear happened to kill, I think, one of the white walkers. One of the wildlings. Right, right in the wildlings, not yeah. the white walkers, right, the right. wildlings. And that was um, a little bit like the away team on the old Star Trek, right? So like the guys in the red uniforms who get beamed down with Spock and Kirk and Bones. And you generally don't want to be that guy because your chances of survival are way down. Like you're on, and like when they're north of the wall and you're up there with the Hound and Ormond and John and all these like big characters mm-hmm. who you think are kind of uh, going to last for a little while, although it's getting late. If you're just like the wildling who happens to be there. Yeah. Your chances are pretty, your chance, pretty low. Chances are pretty slim. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so the blue eyes and then I did call very early, although it was probably the most obvious thing you were there with me when they're starting, I, I think it was when they cut to that scene where they're dragging something from below the yeah. water. I was like, it's going to end with his blue eye. It's going to end with his blue eye. <laughs> and it certainly ended with the yeah, blue eye. Yeah. You know, that's like the last scene of the episode, which is amazing yeah. to see. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Uh, so uh, what else did we learn? Uh, well, you, John killed the White Walker. Yes. And that, you know. Killed the lead one. Yeah, and that. The rest of them, them dissolved. Yeah. Except for one. Except for the poor, the poor, <laughs> the poor schmo who got caught. Yeah. He's just like, Rawr. I have a burlap bag on my head. Yeah, which means like, you know, so it it probably means that a different White Walker. Whoever was the reanimator. For that one that did it. Um, But that was kind of convenient that, you know, he killed the White Walker and every stands but one. Yes. Is still alive for him to take that one with them. Yeah. Yeah. So again, realism, not strong. But, uh, but like a, a new uh, sort of vulnerability emerging among the army of the dead, which is you kill the big dog, the rest of them crumble. So like for me, strategically, if I understand that, I'm gunning for the White Walker and I'm just trying to play defense against Viserion because right. looks like the White Walker, the, the Night King mm-hmm. uh, actually animated, reanimated Viserion. Right. So like. Who knows what's going to happen there? Is he going to breathe fire or ice? That's a good question. Because it's the song of ice and fire. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, maybe it'll be, uh, 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 I don't know, some blend, some like cold fire. 
or blue blue fire blue fire blue, blue fire. fire sounds pretty blue good. fire sounds good and, yeah. and and we haven't even read the book yeah so uh what else we got we got the raiding party uh, the dead wilding wildling we talked about the away team we talked about um oh um Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, yeah. Uncle Ben. Yeah. And like Uncle Ben is such like there's rice named Uncle Ben. <laughs> there's a lot of Uncle Ben. And he was already our uh Deus ex machina. Uh and then when Drogon the Dragon was the Deus ex machina on a previous show, I believe Brandon called him the Deus ex Dragona. Uh and maybe uh Uncle Ben is the Deus ex Uncle uh or <laughs> Or something, but now he saved. He saved John, so now he saved the two brothers, two of his nephews in the series so far. Yeah, is, he just comes in at the last minute there yeah. to save them from the army of the dead. Almost like a mechanical god who's deployed at the end <laughs> of a, a, a a play of some kind to wrap everything up very tidily. Yes. Yes. But I feel like Uncle Ben's time has come to an end. It would take a lot of machinations for him to be a Deus Ex Machina again. Yeah. Yeah. So probably not. And uh, thanks for your service, Uncle Ben. Tough time north of the north of the wall with your uh, with your minute rice, uh, keeping keeping yourself <laughs> keeping yourself uh, nourished up there. But yes, uh, I think that was. Oh, and then uh, a little bit of Arya Sansa drama, yeah, but yeah. like that's, you know, we get it, but like, yeah, the yeah. sisters had a nice little heart to heart about um, their relationship as well as um, Arya is very clearly threatening Sansa. At yeah, this point. it's like, oh, great, great talk about our relationship, sis, but uh, but keep one eye open when you sleep because I might kill you. That's right. Yeah, you yeah. know, which is um, like a healthy. A sister bond. Sister bond, right? And then, uh, and then the last thing was uh, Danny and uh, John. So, like, yeah. right at right towards the tail end there, after Uncle Ben saves John from the breach, uh, he uh, John is like sort of collected back at like either East Watch or the Wall. I couldn't tell which. They both look the same on the other side. There's probably a couple yeah. different ways into into the danger zone up there but uh john saved and then it looked like he was like on a boat yeah i think he's on a ship and heading just... back to dragonstone probably although i think they probably need to regroup in dragonstone before mm -hmm. going down to meet cersei um but that's where danny is like thanks for thanks for letting me know like yeah. now now that i've seen it i believe you and john is like I'm sorry, your dragon died my bad <laughs> and she's like nah it's it nah it's cool john it's cool, cause uh, cause I needed to know. And now I understand. And yeah. I can. I, I put my support behind you, and we're we we know what we're dealing with now. Right. And then conversely, John says he bent a knee. Well, you know, he's lying in bed recovering. Yeah. You know? So he's not gonna get out of bed and actually bend a knee. And he didn't even technically bend it. I think he could have bent his knee while lying on his back, <laughs> but uh, but he didn't. He's like, yeah, no, baby. I bet money, but it's like a, it's kind of like at a conceptual level. Well, at least he says my queen, you know, my queen. so he kind of give her that and said, no, he supports her. Yeah. You know? So yeah. there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's kind of a nice recap. Any, uh, any final, uh, final thoughts, final, uh, final ideas. We were going to talk about our viewing experiences and how we, uh, are the way we watch the wire. Mm -hmm. was very similar to how we watched uh, Game of Thrones, where uh, 
caught up uh, sort of mid to late, uh, like season four for The Wire, season five for Game of Thrones, binged hard to get caught up, and then we're current for the tail end. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of doing that uh, again, and uh, uh, I think I make a better viewing partner than binge buddy, because <laughs> I, I think, I've talked about this in the past, you can binge hard. I can binge hard. I can yeah. go for hours just zoom in i'm in my zone yeah and then i can just watch until i can't watch anymore and that's usually a number of episodes in right um, yeah and that's where lots of times i'm kind of like no you go on honey <laughs> you keep binging don't let me hold you back uh so uh so yeah so uh so yeah and uh you know right on par with uh, the wire and yes. uh breaking bad these are Absolutely. like these are right up there uh in the golden age so even if uh, a shark may be jumped or may soon be jumped, it's still must-see viewing and viewing that will continue to break down with Elan uh, from here at The Citadel. So thanks again for listening and uh, our regular episode of Trending in Education will drop on Tuesday as we do normally. And then we're gonna have one more bang-up edition of The Citadel uh next week next friday where we'll break down the big season finale uh the, the halftime report where will there be some involved breakdown action to tee us up for uh for the final season which which is on the horizon so thanks again uh robin for for guesting in and uh thank you mike for having me i I really enjoy listening to the Citadel, and it's great to be on the show. Yeah, we'd love to get more of our listeners to uh, to hop in on the occasional uh, guest spots here, whether it's trending in education yeah. or the Citadel. And uh, thanks again. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.